Josiah, you made it. We're here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. Thanks for having me here. Of course. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today just because we share a similar thing, which is we are Christian content creators and you are also now very involved at the church, which I'd love to talk to you about as well today. And I'd love to start off with how we met and if you could share that story. Yeah, Loki crazy. So uh, yeah, so I've been making Christian content for the last four years, started in 2019, uh, started taking off in 2020 during COVID. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I think it was 2022 was when I was just like, man, I, I want to start connecting with other Christian content creators. And so I was, I was watching videos and, and I'm a student of the game. And so I used to watch these YouTube videos of a guy named Robert Benjamin. And one of his videos, he would give these tips on how you can work the algorithm, hashtags, and all of the different applicable things for social media. And then all of a sudden he had this clip of a guy who does prayers and who makes prayer videos. And I was like, wait, hold up real quick. I like paused the video and I saw this thing said lit with prayer. So I started following you <laughs> on social media. And then all of a sudden, uh, by random, I mean, not random, by divine connection, uh, someone, a mutual friend had said, Hey, you're out in Arizona. Um, I have a friend who's out there who makes Christian content. He's out there in Arizona too. Where are you at? I said, I'm in Scottsdale. And they're like, oh, they're in Scottsdale too. They also go to a church called Impact Church. I'm like, wait, hold up. This dude is closer than I know. So I immediately message you. And then we have coffee that first time. Y'all, this is crazy. Cause if you remember, like, I thought you were a straight megastar dog. I sat down and I was like, this dude's a celebrity. Cause I'm, I'm like, you're doing what I, I love to do. Yeah. And you were doing it at a high level. And I was just like, well, I want to learn from this dude. And then from that conversation, we recognize, man, we think so much alike. Mm -hmm. There are so many similarities that we have with one another. And that's how this relationship was built, bro. I'm super grateful for you. You keep me encouraged and in the game because the game can get crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah. But I love being in the trenches with you. Yeah. And it's it's so funny to hear your perspective of that, because when I sat down with you, I was just as excited to see you because in my mind, I thought, I don't know anyone else who does what I do. And it's lonely because you it's lonely in the beginning. Because you, not that you don't have believers in your life, you just don't have those believers in your life who are doing what you're doing. So being able to sit down with you and see what your content was, I remember when you were, because I looked at your content and I was seeing what you were doing when we initially connected before we even sat down to have coffee. And when you showed me the style in which you were doing, I sat there and was just, I knew that was going to do so well. And here we are what is it, maybe two years later, and God has just blessed your ministry so much. You've gone on to impact so many. Guys, this guy's got more followers than me on Instagram. He's reaching more people than me. But we know it's not about that. It's about just feeling called from the Lord to do something. So I'm just so excited to do life with you because you are, in my opinion, the closest Christian content creator I know, which I feel I could call you anytime. We have had hours and hours and hours of chats, going to conferences together, all the different opportunities. And now 
where we are here in this studio, both building podcasts at the same time to continue to just ask God, what else can you do to share the message that you put on our hearts? So, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. The process that we've been through. I think the cool thing too, is we've been through the ups and the downs. We've seen each other in the highs and the lows yeah. and continuing to grow. And the collaboration is so important because like you said, this is a solo game for many people who are creating and without any direction. I mean, we just had to figure it out as yeah. we went. We didn't have anyone who went before us that we could draw from to understand how any of this works. Right. So to have a brother like you who's in the trenches, we're learning from, we're constantly bouncing ideas off of. I mean, it's just an awesome place to be. I want to ask you this too, because this was so interesting to me when I st first started to share my faith because I was already like, God, I don't, I, I don't feel called to do this. And he kept prompting me like, share your faith, share your faith. So I jump onto TikTok because in my mind, no one knows me there. It's going to be a lot easier to do something when no one knows me because I was apprehensive to do it. And then I started sharing prayers just once a day, nothing crazy. I had a full-time job, which I loved. And then I see this guy and it's Pastor Andrew Carter, who we both know very well and have had time to sit with and everything like that. When I saw that, I said, oh, there are other people out here doing this. This is cool. And he's sharing, he was, that video I saw was a prayer video. And then he's in that circle with us now too, years later, being able to meet all these people, which is amazing. But when you started sharing your faith, I know, I believe you, you started on TikTok as well too. Did you have a similar encounter like that where you saw someone else and you thought, because this really started, I guess, this whole move of Christian content, because there's pastors who were quote unquote influencers, mm -hmm. but pastors and stuff. But this Christian creator world that we live in, I believe really started with TikTok four years ago, because there's a collection of us who started and just never stopped. Mm -hmm. But did you have that experience as well? Absolutely. Uh, so in 2019 was when I downloaded TikTok for the very first time. And it was through a Bible study while I was uh, with my freshman boys. I was in a Bible study with them. I serve in youth ministry. And so they were on their phones and I was like, why are you on your phones? And they're like, I'm on TikTok. And so I download TikTok and I see it's a whole bunch of trash. But I also recognize that the algorithm is set to pumping you more content of the things that you consume. So they want to keep you on the platform. And I understood that. And so I figured, what if my friend requested all of my students and my job, my, my thought was I want to recalibrate their algorithm. Mm -hmm. If I could uh, introduce them to some biblical things, yes. maybe they might get introduced to some biblical content. And so the crazy thing was the platform started taking off. Yeah. Um, I had just, deleted my Instagram completely uh, on the 1st of 2021 or 2020, the 1st of January, 2020, I com completely like deleted my Instagram. I told God, I was like, God, I want all of my platforms to simply glorify you. That's just what I want. And that thing started taking off. And then all of a sudden 2020 opened up a doorway with the shutdowns and all of that. It opened up a doorway to be able to develop this content. And then I've, I saw, I started to find myself amongst other people. And the cool thing about 2020 was I found other Christian content creators, lockdowns occurred, churches shut down. So we started doing Bible studies on Zoom. Mm. We had no idea what we were doing. We just knew we wanted to build community. And, and our first showing was like 500 people showed up. Wow. Then we had to now pay for a premium version of <laughs> Zoom so that we can have more people in the room. And the most that we had was about 1,500 people. That was like an eye opener for me. It made me realize this is not just a 
supplement for church. This is where the digital space is going to go. And so to be able to see that happen live back in 2020 and then where we're at now, I mean, it was just awesome to meet other Christian content creators, but to find ones that actually stuck in the game, because mm. there's been a lot who have like done other things, fallen off. Maybe life got to them. Jobs got to them. They life got busy. There have been a very few who have remained faithful and who stayed in the game. And yeah. so to run into like you, man, we're, we're running. Yeah. We're, this is it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because even in 2020, where there's this spirit of fear on the world and a lot of bad things are happening, a lot of pain, a lot of mental health challenges, mm -hmm. loss, where we're now isolated and working from home. There was, there's always opportunities for God to do a new thing. Mm -hmm. And I really believe in my own life and I'm sure in yours, God did a new thing during that time. And he's seen that thing out and he's building that through individuals who are just saying, willing to be obedient to say, Lord, just use me. What do you, this is your platform. You own it. You've given me the opportunity to steward and management, manage it, continue to work on my heart so I can do it for the right way. And he's really created this move, which is now in the creator economy, the Christian creator economy. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing more videos every single day mm -hmm. of people who are bold to share their faith. And it encourages me so much. And I'm just excited to say, Lord, I get to play a part. And I think we all have the ability to play a part because if you're on social media, you have influence over whoever sees. You are an influencer, whatever you wanna call that. Mm -hmm. And we can use our platforms for good in a world where there's so much evil, darkness, identity, just being put onto believers to make them feel like something's missing in their life. And it's extremely important and it's awesome to just see what God is doing. And I'd love your opinion of what have you seen? What has God revealed to you through this time to where we're now at, where there are kids who are nine, 10 years old sharing their faith. There are kids who are 16, 17, older, parents sharing their faith. There is a move of God happening. And this is so needed in a place where there's so much darkness. What yeah. do you think, or what has God like shown you and what have been your, some of what have been some of your observations with that? Yeah, I've had the observation I have is that there's a, there's a major takeover of truth in this, in the digital space. Mm -hmm. I think for so long, the social media landscape has been uh, really a superficial view of life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to have people who are willing to share the truth and be bold about it is super encouraging. I mean, I'm again, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a youth pastor at a church. Yeah. And so to see that there are students who are saying, Hey, I want to do this. Like, and it's not for the reason of you know, growing their own platform, they are doing this because they want to share their faith. They want to share the gospel. Well, Matthew 28, if we're to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how else would we do that in this day and age than through digital space? How can, like, I can go knock on as many doors as I want to. I will still not reach as many people as one video can for the lifetime of that video being up on social media, it's not just going to reach at pe people the first time that you po post it. It's up there for the lifetime of digital space, right? Yeah. So we're taking up real estate. 
And I just think like this word comes to me like territory taken. Mm. You know, I think that there's a, a generation of people who are wanting to take territory back for the kingdom. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And to be at the forefront of that, that encourages me because because I work with students and seeing others who are encouraged that, man, I can use my voice. I can get out there and I can share my faith. It's awesome. Yeah. And something I've had a lot of conversations with over the years with other people when it comes to this. And I'd love to know how you deal with this or how you could provide insight around this for those who feel God's called them to step into this world of being a digital evangelist or sharing your faith or just making that a part of your social media when you're showcasing your life, your family, your career, making that a part of it. I've seen the other side too, where people kind of judge you and criticize you and say, this is all about you. Again, they don't know us and this is just the human condition, right? To quickly assume and sometimes even from other Christians to get criticism on you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, or you shouldn't be doing this, or you're just all the opinions that get thrown at you when you start to do this. And we know that's going to happen when we share our faith, right? We're going to be persecuted for things like that. But how do you, how would you share that with someone who is thinking about this space in regards to we're witnessing things that are good at the same time witnessing things that we know are not good mm -hmm. from people who are taking on territory, building platforms, sharing their faith, but also sometimes leading people down the wrong way because of their heart posture is not in the right place, right? Mm -hmm. We're not perfect. But for me, how I think about it for my own thing is, Lord, you asked me to do something and I'm just trying to be obedient to doing it. And at the same time, I know in order to do this, you have to use me. So I have to be on the platform to share that word. But your word comes through me. Your wisdom comes through me because you've put these things on my life. That's how you operate in our lives is as we sit with you, you share things with us, you speak to us, you gift us, you call us, you equip us, and we use those things, those gifts on our life for the purpose to benefit others and point them to the Father, yeah. right? That is how I see this mission for me. Am I perfect? In no way, shape, or form am I perfect, but I'm constantly connected and pursuing him to know him more and know his will for my life so I can do what he's asking me to do and constantly check myself and be obedient, but also know I'm going to get criticism regardless, but that's the price I have to pay for the call and the assignment God has put on my life to, new, to move that forward. So that's how I think about it and how I try to shed light on that to people or believers who come to me asking me, this is what I'm thinking to do. I feel called to do that. How do you think about that? Yeah, this is the difference between a hobby and a calling. Yeah. A hobby will get you to a point where when you face any form of adversity, any form of opinion, any form of pushback, you will just push it to the side and give up. But when you've been divinely called, okay, there's a big difference now. Now it's like, I'm not doing this to please you. I please God, period. Amen. Period. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this because I've been called to do this. And oftentimes what I recognize too is the people who have opinions are the ones who are not willing to put their own head on the chopping block. Mm, They're on. unwilling to put themselves out there in the public. They just love being behind the scenes and having their good old little opinions. That's fine. But I've been called to do this. And so for the person who's been thinking about, man, I, I think God really has called me to this, 
Just know that it's not always rainbows and unicorns and you must know how to navigate through those things. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, it's a battle as it is already in a person's daily life. But to step into this, this is where I had to take a look at this as this is not just something that I like to do. And it may have started off as that. But when it, it when it turns into, no, this is my calling. Yeah. This is my ministry. This is the way in which I'm going to reach people. I mean, I've received opinions from people who are like, oh, you're just doing this for the clicks and likes. Why do you say share or follow or subscribe for more? Well, because if I'm going to reach the masses, I'm reaching the masses for Jesus. What would you rather me do? What would you rather? Like, you know nothing about social media. You've not even been a student of the game. You don't even know what's going to actually help grow and the platform this and there's the thing this platform is not my platform like if god desires for me to throw it all away in an instant because his presence isn't there i'm gonna throw it away yeah i mean it's just like i treat this digital space and i gotta constantly remind myself of this because i'm constantly me being in this decaying body of flesh i always got a battle between this fleshly portion of me right the doer, the achiever, the performer that wants to get things done, but the divine calling of me too. And there's this constant battle because I have to constantly remind myself, this is not my platform. If God told me right now to delete it all, I'm going to delete it all. Why? Because I follow him. I don't follow a person. Yeah. I don't follow people and man and what they have to say to me. So this is the kind of, I guess, mindset that somebody has to have when they walk into this space yeah. of like you're stepping into a space where you're going to have you're literally living your life on display before people and if you're courageous enough to do it and break through your mental barriers and challenges and the opinions of people you just might impact a life significantly is it worth it to go through all of those opinions and stuff? I would say yes. I mean, over these last four years, there have been so many people who have said that they've been impacted in some way, shape, or... I literally just got a message from somebody last night who said they watched the video that I made about how do you know you're going to go to heaven? They said, uh, you said something about um, not being perfect. Well, I've been such a perfectionist all my life, and I've had to submit that to the Lord. That convicted me in that moment. You know, like... I. I'm, that's a person who lives, who goes in Notre Dame. Like they're all the way, all the way out in the, in, in, in the other side of the United States. So who am I to submit to people's opinions, bro? <laughs> now I'll take constructive criticism. Yes. You know, if there are people in my life that, that have earned the right to speak life into me or to give me like my mom, for instance, my mom tells me, Hey, Josiah, you need to like change this up. Maybe you, maybe, maybe your flesh was showing during this part of this. I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. Right. But yeah, for the person who's like been sitting on the fence, maybe worried about the opinions of others like this, that you got to know to do this, you got to be divinely called to do it. Otherwise you're just going to have something that's built upon sand rather than the rock. Amen, brother. And I even think about your comment on sharing. I've had people message me to say, hey, I found out about what you do from someone sending me one of your videos. So if I have to be 
in a place where someone's going to be mad if I ask someone to share a video in order to reach someone who would have never seen it, I will pay that price every day because like you said, I am not here to please everyone. If I was, I would be a contradiction in every way, shape, or form, changing my opinion and my identity 24-7 to make sure everyone likes we, me, which at the same time, no one will end up liking me because they're always going to be changing how they feel too at the same time. So it's like, yeah, you got to stand firm in what you believe, but also at the same time, no, when we're in this space and we're talking about this space, we're working to, we're working on our message. We're working on sharing something that we think can make a difference in the lives of someone else. And then we're also asking people to say, Hey, if you want to root and you want to be a part of this community, help us get that message out because someone who, you know, might never see it. <laughs> And if I've seen that and witnessed that, and you have too, I'm willing to do it because again, I am here to please God. That's my purpose. I want to please God with my life and pleasing him is doing what he's asking me and spending time with him and all those other things. I want to ask you this too, because this is a huge part of this entire thing for those who say, or maybe they're in this world, they're making content around their faith or they want to step into it. One of the most important things in the longevity of this, at least for my own growth, and I want to know yours too, is my, is my character and my reliance and pursuit on God is the most important thing that gives me the ability to do this long-term and has been the thing that has helped me through the ups and downs the most. Meaning, sitting with him every day, pursuing him every day, getting into the Bible every single day. When people ask me, like, how do I grow closer to the Lord? I don't tell them, look at me in my life. I say, go to the one who can give you all the answers because I can only encourage you to seek him, right? Mm -hmm. It's my relentless pursuit every day of being in his word, being in his presence, being in the secret place of prayer, calling out, talking to him, doing everything I can to be connected to know I got you. This is what I want you to do. Let me fill you with joy and peace so you can handle the chaos of everything that you're going to go through and being in church and being around believers and getting into praise and worship often because you experience his presence to help you. That's been the most important thing for my longevity, for my own growth with the Lord to handle the responsibility and the weight. But what would you say has been yours? Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> I, I mean, you. ditto. I mean, amen to all of that. It's important, I think, uh, and and it and you gotta understand too that this is you gotta you gotta be good spiritually, mentally, emotionally. You gotta become spiritually aware. So Jesus talks to Nicodemus and he says, "That which is flesh is flesh; that which is spirit is spirit." And then when you are born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you now realize that this again, this body that I live in is not me. Mm. In fact. The person who God wants me to know is that which is spirit, me, eternal, the eternal me, right? And so now, now I recognize that there is a realm that I cannot see with my natural eyes and I cannot hear with my natural ears. So because of that, I must sit at the feet of Jesus so that I can have the spiritual eyes to see. Paul talks about in Ephesians, he prays over the Ephesians that, that, um, that, the, the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened, that he prayed that the hearts of the Ephesians would get to know the depths of who God is. And how are you going to know that if you're not in your word? How are you going to know that if you're not in prayer? How are you going to know that if you're not in praise and worship? How are you going to know that if your spiritual ears are turned off, your spiritual eyes are closed? So, 
spiritual health got to be on point, right? Yeah. And then mentally, emotionally, you got to be aware. Uh, some people are walking around with just heaviness on them. Uh, and if you're not aware of it, you're going to take that into every situation that you're you're in. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I got to I got to have, you know, I got to have community. I got to have God's word. I got to have people around me that I could talk to, because like we talked about this earlier, like, bro, I'm going through a tough season right now. Tough. And it is rough, bro. Um, being in ministry. Um, being with youth ministry just this week, man, I had to deal with somebody who was having really like a mental breakdown and we had to like call the cops to the church. Like it was just a crazy kind of whole ordeal, um, dealing with students who, whose parents are on the verge of divorce, um, dealing with students who are addicted to drugs, alcohol, uh, different kinds of abuse physically, mentally, emotionally, and other wicked ways. I mean, many people think that being in ministry, which digitally is also a ministry, many people think, well, man, you must got it good. Or maybe you got this connection to God that I don't have. Trust me, I got emotions too, like you. I'm a, I'm a human being. So not only do I have the weight of just being in ministry, I now carry the weight of my sheep, my flock, that's on me. I have to sleep with that at night. And so to go home at night, like who are you talking to that is allowing you the space to be real about that stuff? I mean, literally last night, I had a conversation with my mom about like, man, I'm feeling broken right now. Like, bro, if you knew, so like I'm sitting here on this podcast with you, but like, bro, if you knew like the things that I'm like going through, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so people think that this life is like all hunky dory, but this is real life that we're doing every day, every day. So every day I got to be armored up every day. I got to have community around me every day. I got to be praising the Lord every day. I got to be equipped for the ministry that God has given me to do. How did Paul get stoned and look like that man was dead, but to get up the very next moment and go preach again the gospel? How was he able to do that? He didn't do that on his own accord. Mm -hmm. He did that because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He did that because he knew the mission that he was on. But but we, I think so much, man, people don't think about, like there's a whole other side to this. It ain't always rainbows and unicorns doing this stuff. This is real life. And this is why Jesus was like, yo, you're going to be persecuted for this. You're going to have to give up your life for this. So all of that to say, for me, the staples, just like you said, being in the word, being at the feet of Jesus, being filled with the truth of who he is. I. I, um, uh, just as kind of side note, I went to a funeral recently, uh, Scottsdale fire, fire captain, Kevin Yule passed away and it was the most incredible thing to watch as hundreds of firefighters were there. The parking lot was filled with fire trucks, right? Now, Kevin was a man of the Lord and his whole family just loved the Lord. His dad uh, a pastor at my church stood up before him 
people were asking him, how do you deal with the death of your son? And he, this is simply what he said. I'm going through a trial right now, but all I can do is remember what is true about God. Mm. So when I'm going through all of my challenges in my life, when I'm going through all of the struggles, all of the pain, all of the sorrow, when I'm carrying the weight of ministry, I'm carrying the weight of all of the craziness that is happening within my students, when I'm dealing with all of the opinions of people, when I'm going through my social media feed and everybody got negative comments because they think they know about who I am, what can I rest on? The truth of what I know to be true about God and what he's revealed to me in his word. Hmm. That's the only thing that keeps me going, bro. Bro so much there and i just again we're in different places in regards to our lives and what we do mm -hmm. and i think people when they see you on social media they create this gap between who or where they are and where you are and because of that gap they almost sometimes think that you're more connected to god and you have some Holy Spirit that's different than the same spirit that lives with them, giving them, giving you the ability to do something different when I'm always trying to encourage people to go, you can pray powerfully. I love praying because it changed my life and it gave me the opportunity to talk to God every day to remind me of who I am mm -hmm. as I speak his word out loud out of my, my mouth. That's why I decided to share prayer videos every day because it's speaking God's word. It's declaring who you are and it's protecting your mind and it's, it's, it's renewing your identity to him. Yeah. It's so much more than just, oh, that's an encouraging word, right? Mm -hmm. That's how I think about mm -hmm. it. And a lot of people will be encouraged and it's great, but I want them to believe that. You might hear the words I say and think it's cool or I can't pray like that. God's not asking you to pray like that. He's just asking for you to sit with him and talk to him. Tell him what you need. Find those scriptures in the word that you can speak over your life that are promises to hold on to when you're going through the anxiety, the worry, the fear, the sickness, and speak it out loud with your with your mouth because the word of God is alive and active. There's power in it. It renews your mind to who you are. That's something I had to do in the darkness of everything I went through. And it's so funny as you talk about your mom because she's the one who sat next to me in my darkness when I was diagnosed, told I was going to be on medication for the rest of my life. She looked at me and said, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I'm like, okay, I can hold on to this much faith because if she is so certain, let me borrow that certainty from you and let me start speaking that over my life, right? Yeah. Like I will get through this. I can because my identity is tied to you, not tied to the diagnosis. I know it's the situation, but it's not going to be the situation forever that matters. So when you mm -hmm. see even a simple prayer, it's, and I love to know how you think about this. Like I want to be an example for the younger people who watch my content. And that's why I think consistency and showing up is so important on social media to say, hey, I'm not changing. Mm -hmm. I believe in this so much because it's changed my life. And it's a part of connecting to the one who helps remind me of who I am and give me everything I need to walk out this call. And you have a call on your life too. And it might not be the same as mine. And that's fine. God has assigned you. So whatever that is, you got to hold on to him. And one way to do that, because I don't show everything and we're all called to show different things, is prayer. When you talk to the God of the universe, he sits with you. Mm. So do that. Like that's the message I want people to realize when they see my content to go, 
you inspired me not just in the moment, and I'll come back to get that inspiration later. It's you've inspired me to tell myself that prayer is important and I can do it, and it's a part of my life. And the thing that I struggle with as a creator, and I want to ask you about this too, is like we can only show so much because we only have so much time. You know, even I did like a day in the life the other day, just walking people through some of the things that I do to help them understand this is this is so important to me. But you only see the one side of gosh, that guy's got good prayers. It's cool, it's exciting. Yes, but that is the that is the surface to what it takes to do this. You know what I mean? Like you said, the weight, it's a weight and it's a burden. Followers are great. Being able to reach people is awesome. That just reminds me of God's goodness and will being done through you. It's not about you. But the thing that I have to, that I struggle with is like, how do you show people more? Right? I even thought, well, I could, like when I was doing my praise and worship the other morning, I'm like, should I record this? I'm like, this is so intimate to me, Lord. I don't want, I don't feel like I should record this for someone. But then someone gave me a, a message. Someone sent me a message and they said, I mean, if you did show it, that could help other people see it and then maybe see you doing it and they look up to you. So I wrestled with that. Yeah. But then I'm like, am I willing to give up that intimate time that's just for you, Lord? You know, so I think what we have the responsibility to do if we're choosing to be on the platforms and share the message that God has put on our heart and point people to him, we not only have to do it in the right way and be rooted to him. We also got to ask ourselves, how can we be a better example to the kids that they're younger people or the parents who maybe share our videos with their kids to inspire them? How do we be an example so they grow up to say, I'm a prayer warrior. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I sit with the Lord. I pursue him because that person inspires me not to chase them, to chase him, right? So how do you think about that in regards to opening people up because you're 100% right in what you said? This is hard. We struggle every year with this stuff. We go through ups and downs. And sometimes when I'm going through a down, I don't want to pick up my phone to go, guys, this is tough, you know? <laughs> so what do you think about that? Yeah, that's the that's the challenge with living your life in front of people. Um, because you're literally, yeah, just putting it out there. and But also people form this understanding of who they think you are and this is probably something that should be said to those who are viewing this is that um we are normal people <laughs> i'm a i'm a normal dude like i and people oftentimes i just tell people yo i'm just an ordinary man who has an extraordinary god Cause like mm -hmm. people are out here trying to say, no, no, this is sorry. You're just so awesome. And you do all these things. I'm not like, honestly, my posturing of how I desire to carry myself. And I just think about the apostle Paul in Ephesians, when he says of all the saints of which I am the least of these, my heart posturing. And honestly, oh, I am emotional today, bro. I just am humble to the point to think, God, why would you choose me to do this work? Me who has been a reckless person in life, um, who lived once as a liar and manipulator, a thief, um, 
why would you choose me to reach these people? And then to think about like, again, what my students go through, what people go through in general, in their day-to-day -day life. Um, it's just like people don't understand. We're just normal people trying to do what's best and steward this platform that God has given us, right? So, you know, I don't know if it's right or wrong to share every single aspect of my life so people can get a right view of who I am. Mm -hmm. Again, at the end of the day, God knows my heart behind this. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. People are going to form their opinions. I mean, I got people who are like, oh, yeah, dude, like you're a multimillionaire. <laughs> but I wish you seen gas prices. <laughs> yeah, I'm tripping out just like you do, bro. You know, uh, I'm just an ordinary dude with an extraordinary God who is just grateful to have a little bit of space in a, in a place where I can make uh, an impact. I just want to steward that well. And so these are the things that go through my mind. People don't understand. These are the things we go through, right? It's yeah. real life, bro. I pay rent. Rent is due on the first for me, just like it is for you, my guy. I got to fill up my gas tank. I got to feed me, my family. I got to do what I got to do. So are you. I just have a ministry that's in the digital space that's living my life before people. I love you so much, bro. And just to build our relationship over the last year and a half has been one of the most important relationships in my life. And you can see just based on you sharing about the things that people do not see, that this is a weight. It's a, it's a heavy weight to carry. And I'm so thankful just like you to just, Lord, you want to make a difference through my life. And I didn't ask you for this. I gave up something that you blessed for this. And that was financial things too. I had a great career. You were pioneering my career in a different space and you were blessing it. And I was thankful and I was working with you on it. You took me out of mental health illness. You did so much for me. And then you're asking me to do this. I didn't have a desire to do this. I did. I, I asked, I challenged, I said, why? No, not me. Talk it out. And it, I just couldn't get away from that prompting to say, no, 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 no. I want you to do this thing. I want you to do this. And it just wouldn't leave. And it's such, there's so many things about what you said, man. It's just funny because we are human beings. We pay rent. We deal with relationships and family and all of the other things in our lives that are really hard to deal with too. We got even people in our life who are criticizing sometimes what we do or you're still doing that. You're still praying for people or you're still doing this. It's like, yes, I am. And I love it. And God is blessing it. And he is making a difference. And if you, if I could just sit with you and share with you the stories, the conversations, the, the people and everything. So it's, it's a lot, man. Mm -hmm. And it's a heavy calling but it's so rewarding and just being rooted to him to keep us going yeah. and give us what we need or posture check us at times or give us that level of peace that's just that helps us go okay everything's all right we can focus on today while 
moving towards and letting God worry about tomorrow. Yeah. And, and calling and it just, it's going to ask you about that calling. How do you think about, cause some people are like, well, I don't know what I'm called to do. You called to be faithful and glorify the Lord with your life. <laughs> That's what you're called to do, bro. <laughs> I can't get no simple than that. I think so many people worry about what's my calling that they waste years. Mm. They waste years. How many more books on calling and purpose do you need to read? You over here searching. I feel like it seems as if some people are on this cycle of searching for your calling and saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, to something that God has already revealed to you that you're supposed to be doing. Come on. That God has already revealed to you something that you're supposed to be doing, but you're avoiding because you ain't, you don't want to do it. Ooh, that's so true, bro. Cause and so you waste time reading books on how to find my calling and how to find my purpose. This may be a paradigm shift. I don't believe you find purpose or calling. I believe that it finds you. Mm. Because, and this is my justification of this. If God created each and every single purpose, uh, every single person on purpose for a purpose for you to say, I need to find my calling for me. I'm going to say, you need to find God mm. because the more you seek out the Lord, he will reveal to you the reason for which he created you. So it's not going out into the world and say, oh, I need to find my, your purpose ain't all the way out here. It's you in your intimate connection with God. And I believe that there are also some people who God has clearly revealed to you what you need to be doing. You're just unwilling to go through the process of doing what you need to do. Or you're afraid of people's opinions, or what ifs, the unknowns, and all of those things. But you tell me the last, what's, what's so crazy? Because like people say, well, God's put it on my heart to do this, but I'm not doing it. God's, God's put it on my heart to write a book. God's put it on my heart to speak. God's put it on my heart to teach his word. God's put it on my heart to do A, B, or C, whatever it is. And they, and they, they follow it up with a, but, but I don't have enough time, but I don't have enough money, but I'm not smart enough, but I don't have the resources, but I don't have any of these things. Well, well, if God called you to it, would he not also provide victory in it? Mm. Would he not also provide everything that you need in the thing that he's called you to do? Because I don't know about you. You tell me the last time God lost at anything. You tell me the last time he lost. Any, any of you can tell me when's the last time God has ever lost he has won in everything that he puts his mind to. Everything that he's, every plan that he has, has always come to fruition in its time. Yes. So, I mean, we're talking about calling and purpose. It is simple for the believer in this to glorify God in everything that I do. That's it. Your purpose may be to be the best mother father to your children that you can be mm. for me mine is to go out and teach god's word as far as wide as i can 
And, you know, this was the vehicle of social media or through ministry within the four walls of a church. That's what God provided for me. So I think instead of wasting time sitting around again, reading books is good. And you might read books that tell you to how to find your purpose. But at the same time, I think God's already innately put that inside of you. Yeah. You just need to be at his feet a lot more. So rather than reading those books, you need to read the books and be at God's feet. And he will reveal to you what his purpose is and plan is for your life. I think it's already laid out in front of you. I love the simplification because I couldn't agree more based on how I found what God wanted me to do. Because it was the moment I started to not just be a believer, but a follower when I was 18, 19, that gift of encouragement came. And I didn't understand gifting from the Lord or all of the inner workings of the word and how to apply it to my life. But I felt what God wanted me to do. And maybe it wasn't even me thinking, oh, this is like God's plan on my life. I just felt this thing inside of me that was always there, like you said. It was just living dormant and, until I decided to start following him. Mm -hmm. It was revealed, mm -hmm. and then I was so encouraged just to start developing it. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage my friends. I want to encourage my family members. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage my coworkers. And God's hand was over everything I did. Yeah. It was over everything because, like you said, if it's him, he doesn't fail. He doesn't lose at this stuff. It is already done. It is. It has already been planned for you. It's just you discovering it and then you deciding to let, like you said, I'm going to do something about it and I'm just going to walk it out. You don't got to, you don't got to quit your job or do all these crazy things to be like, well, that's the only way I can serve my call. I was serving my calling when I was 18, 19 years old in my family, in my friend group, in my career. And then with that call or the, that call that was those gifts on my life, he just will move it into yeah. different areas and different places. So he can call you into different arenas in places he wants you to occupy territory in within a moment or a season. And then he wants you to grow in your character and understanding of who he is to then call you to a new place where you might have more responsibility or stewardship or need to have a heart posture that's even stronger. Because I don't believe he called me to digital ministry until I was ready, yeah. right? Which yeah. was 10 years after I was really thinking about that. What am I supposed to do with my life? Because I, I, I always, I think we all think about that and how I think about purpose and calling is, like you said, is to be faithful to God and what he wants, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to please him. I tell people I want I want to please God with my life. How do I do that? I spend time with him because mm -hmm. he wants a relationship with me. So I please him with my life. I weigh the decisions that I get to choose every day, having free will to say, is this going to please you or not? Actually think about it. Not just go do and be unconscious in this world that constantly tells you, do this, do that, do this. It's all about you, self-improvement. Mm -hmm. It's great, mm -hmm. but it also can be a, really dangerous path to walk to because it's if it's all about you then you don't think about him in regards to what you're doing that's feeding you but it also needs to be brought to him right so yeah, i think good. with purpose it's i want to please god with my life every decision i make i want to weigh it to his word and it's not some complex thing. It's, God, would you be pleased with me doing this? No. <laughs> like, it's obvious. Like, his word says it. So it's like, okay, I should probably not do that. Let me not do it. Let me work on, on my decision making and all the things, like you said, we got to work on our mental health. We got to work on our discipline. We got to work on our emotions, right? We, we have all these things in our, in our physical body, our character, our mind, our will. But if we do it with God, it's easier. 
because we have the Holy Spirit to guide us to the right decisions, yeah. right? To prompt us to say, slow down, mm-hmm. right? Your spirit changes when you accept the Lord into your heart. Your spirit goes from dead to alive. Your mind and heart are changed. Whether you see the supernatural gifting of the call on your life, the way you look at things and how you feel when you fall or do something you know isn't right, it sits differently from someone yeah. who doesn't have that spirit who goes, yeah, that was great. Let's do it again. Yeah. No, ever, like no thought of that was wrong or some type of, oh, I knew that wasn't the right thing to do. So your purpose is to please him with everything and you just work on that. And then second to that, like Jesus told us, love your neighbor like you love yourself because you'll find your gifting and calling and what God has really assigned on your life when you seek him and seek him with all your heart in the word. If you seek him and you find him, you don't think he's going to bring that out. You don't think he's going to clearly show you. He will. You just got to, like you said, make the decision. You said people are not willing to. It's true because they're not willing to give up some of the things that are required to step into the call that God's placed on their life. And as you surrender those things or you give those things up because your life is completely yielded to him, he then goes, let me show you how I want you to do your life so you can make an impact on the kingdom because my gifts on your life aren't for you, son, aren't for you, daughter. They're for, the, they're for those you come in contact with to benefit from so it points them to me. Like when you have that understanding, this changed my life. It is not about me. I'm actually the least important thing in this whole picture, Lord. (laughs) It's about you and what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I get that salvation. You loved me that much to pay that price, to redeem me of everything. And then before I go to meet you at the end of my life, you're actually willing to use me here too (laughs) to help other people. And then they get to know you through me. Like Mm -hmm. that is, that's how I think about purpose. But it's not, it's not some, okay. Here's the strategy, guys. Josiah and I are about to break down the blueprint to purpose (laughs) in your life. First, you got to do this. Then you got to do this. Then you got to take a cold shower. Then you got to meditate for like 20 minutes. But what about reading the Bible? What about just sitting with God? Like, I can't tell you what your purpose is. Neither can Josiah. You know who can? God. Sitting with him so he can clearly show it to you. I just think people have a lot of blocks in their own mind about, well, I don't know. So do you stop it? I don't know. Or do you say, I don't know, but I'm going to find it in the one who created me. And I'm going to sit with him every morning in prayer, in Bible study and ask him, Lord, will you, you, will you speak to me where and how you want me to live my life so I can glorify you with my gifts? Will you reveal your gifts? Are we asking him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are we asking, simply asking him to show us? Yeah. And that's dude. (laughs) Dropping some fire. So the crazy thing is, is too, is like, People, when people say like, like dialogue and internal dialogue is so important. If you continue to say, I don't know, you will never know. And so many, I've seen so many people, I don't know what my purpose is. So, so you, so you're searching for something, but you've already cognitively limited yourself because you've already just said, I don't know. You've, you've literally eliminated all other possibilities because now you're not even open to knowing and then you also said something about when you moved your selfish, like when you stopped making it about you, that's when things started to take off. That's when clarity came into the picture. Once when selfish desires become godly desires, clarity can now enter into the picture. Mm. And some of your selfish desires might be on good things. 
but directed in the wrong direction. For instance, like I love, I love being in front of people. Like I love being on stage in front of people talking to large crowds. I, I love speaking. I love doing those things. It's something that I really enjoy. However, there was a point in my life where I just wanted to make everything about me. It was just me, 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 selfish, focused. And everything that I tried to touch and do failed. It wasn't until I said, God, I don't want this anymore. Take it. I don't even want it anymore. Lord, Lord, I don't want this anymore. I don't want a platform. I just want you. That's all I want. That's all I want to submit to. And then what happened? He gave me a platform. I'm like, God, why are you tripping? I just told you I don't want this. But now my desire is simply for him. Yeah. So, yes, am I in front of people? Yes. Yes, am I reaching a lot of people? Yes. Yes, have I been on stage and spoke in front of 25,000 people? Yes. But in those moments, I didn't think about how I can look good for people. I simply thought about how can I best honor and glorify you, God, and steward this moment properly. Right. So again, when my selfish desires disappear and they turn into godly desires, God can now have room to work now. You know, I've not limited him with a I don't know or a and here's the here's the thing. This is where you got to get super clear with you. You got to know you because we can over spiritualize selfish things. We can sit here and say, oh, well, I got a platform and I'm doing the Lord's work when underneath the underlying belief is still about you. Mm -hmm. You got to uproot all of that and pull it out so that God can transform your selfish desires into godly desires. And from that point, God can move powerfully in your life. That's, I think, one of the most difficult things for people to get to because you're fighting against your own flesh. You're fighting against your own desires and you're trying to work with God on them, but you're holding on to them too at the same time. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in my earlier younger 20s and I was really into self-improvement and growing, but it's all centered around self. So it becomes a place about prioritizing you and not the one who created you. And because of that, you grow, you learn, you develop, and you're starting to make whatever difference that is and your life improves. But the importance of where he's involved in that is still different. So I had God involved in some areas of my life, but not all of them. Yeah. And he was always there, probably telling me, which I wasn't hearing at the time, I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. Mm -hmm. And because I was not willing to give him, him, give it all to him, not involve him in it all, there was limitations on what he could do because I couldn't even hear his voice or for him to speak into those areas yeah. because I'm not seeking him in those areas. I'm seeking him in some areas, but not all of the areas. So I think to that, that's such an important thing you're talking about where it's like learning that hierarchy, if you will, of he owns everything. Everything is for him. Mm -hmm. Everything I've done in my life is because of his grace on it. And that will never change. And that verse of he must increase and I must decrease in everything. So I am prepared if he does something different or big, I don't lose myself in that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's like what I would have told myself if I was my 18-year-old self who was starting to build my relationship with God through prayer, but sitting down and shaking myself almost to say, 
you need to be in this word every day. Mm. And even if you don't understand it, I need you to just be in it. I want you to sit in it every day and look up some YouTube videos to help you study it. Get someone in the church to help disciple you because I was growing in my prayer life, but I wasn't growing in my understanding of the word. Yeah. And that really created a place where I experienced a lot more anxiety and worry along the journey, which I'm sure you did too, where you feel like, man, I'm just not enough. I'm not making like, cause I felt, I felt called from the Lord to share and encourage. And that's why I started a YouTube channel when I was 18 and 19. I wanted to make a dis difference and it, our stories are so similar cause you had that too. But I'm sure you felt that way where you're like, I don't really know how or everything I'm trying is not working. Mm -hmm. Every single thing I'm trying and I have a good heart posture. Like you said, I had a good heart posture for it. I wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. I wanted to help people like with the things I was learning, but it, it had nothing to do with my faith. It was more, I learned this skill. I read this book, it changed because it was the gift of encouragement, right? Yeah. The call of encouragement to encourage. If, if your gift is to encourage, encourage, right? But my faith wasn't there. So God's ability to move and work in it wasn't there as well too. Yeah. And it created a lot of stress and anxiety. And then eventually when I grew and got closer in my walk over those years to know him more, it became, let me put down these books. Let me put down all these other things and let me just be with you because your your Bible is a, the foundation to everything. Everything I've read is stemmed from this. So I actually, now I can see it from both sides when I was starting to grow yeah. in that. And then everything changes because he then calls me to start sharing my faith. I didn't, I didn't want that. But then he just starts massively blessing everything. And I'm like, wow, Lord. And, you know, you guys can see us and we talk about social media. Social media doesn't translate to, we're millionaires now. We're not. This is a struggle. It's hard. And there's a lot that's required of it. But the amount of peace and joy that we get to walk out every day and we'd like to encourage others to pursue, if that's something they feel called and led to do, has been the most profound thing in my entire professional career. Yeah. God's done some amazing things in my life and my professional career. This has been the best one. And I think he's going to continue to ask me to do this because I am in the same boat as you. Yeah. If this was not something, if God did not want me to pursue this, I would drop it. I would leave it. I would just go. I want to go where he wants me to go. Yeah. But that's the level of understanding. It's about him and learning how to really give everything to him. It's hard. It takes time. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, when they step into something significant that God has placed before them, some people forget that you constantly need your fill daily. You have to be operating in power. Some of, some people have a shell. Like I look at it as they have a shell of a frame of a car but they have no engine because they're not operating in the power of the Holy spirit in those yeah. times they're operating on empty. So some of y'all got cars. Some of y'all are sitting on a Corvette that look real good. <laughs> it looked real good, but I got no engine. You're not driving. You're not having power behind it. And I believe that when people are walking in the divine calling where God has called them to, you walk different, you know, your purpose. I mean, what's the, there's a quote that says there are two, two, the two most important uh, points in a person's life is the day that they're born and the, and the day that they find out why. Right. And so then when we recognize we have a, we have a collective purpose to honor and glorify God and all of the things that we do and, and enjoy his presence forever. We also have unique uh, divinely given purpose individually that again, we must be at the feet of the Lord and operate in power when we step into those areas. Yeah. And I love what you said. 
with those two points, the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. And the first thing that spoke to me when you said that second part was, the day I found out why is the day I gave my life to Christ. And the day you give your life to Christ and you have that new heart and you in that new mind gives them the opportunity also to tell you, let me show you how I want you to live your life and make a difference in this mm -hmm. world. Because that's what we're called to do is to love and serve people with whatever God gives us. He uniquely gifts all of us. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you don't feel gifted, you are, just sit with him so he can reveal it to you. Talk to friends of yours who have witnessed and seen who you are. People can help you to figuring that out, but the Lord is going to show that and clearly reveal it to you as you sit with him. Because it kind of comes to the other thing I wanted to ask you is, I think people, when they find out what it is, it might just be something like me. Well, I'm just an encourager. Well, how do I use that? I mean, you could use that a million different ways. But some people also have that idea that, well, you guys are Christian content creators, or Josiah, you are a youth pastor in the church, or there's these other people, they all are in ministry. I'm not in ministry, so how can I do that? And I have my own thoughts on it where I say, well, your ministry is you. How do you live your life? How do you be an example for others? Can you lead your brothers and sisters to see the example of Christ through you and talk to them about their faith and grow them in their faith like you have. And you never know the difference of the life you could make in someone, right? Just by having a conversation with someone, encouraging them, using your gifts or talking to them, like that's your ministry is you and how you lead your life. If our first, if our purpose is to please God with our lives, we have to lead our lives, right? And we could do that around everyone. So that's how I think about ministry. And yes, are some of us called to ministry like you in a physical church, uh, leading and shepherding the youth and everything that God has called you to do. And then you have digital ministry, right? Which is a little bit different. And people have their own opinions about that and what's mm -hmm. true ministry or whatnot. How do you think about that for someone who goes, I'm just in a career, I don't have a ministry? Yeah, you, I think we have used Christianese words and have placed them at these high places that people think that they have to be at a certain place to have it. Do you know the word ministry simply means service? <laughs> so you called to serve your family, your friends, the people who are around you. You are responsible for the 10 square feet that is around you mm. everywhere you go. And so how am I to be faithful with this particular moment right now? And then the next moment and then the next moment for the rest of my life until I enter into the glory of heaven. So don't overcomplicate that you've been called to ministry. Yes, there are people in vocational ministry. Yes, there are people in digital ministry. You have a ministry and your ministry is, again, the 10 square feet that's in front of you. So we've, we've over we've used these Christianese words, ministry, even like discipleship, right? People think that you got to be some form of Navy SEAL Christian to enter into the discipleship category. Nah, the moment you give your life to Christ, disciple is a follower of, okay? So the moment I give my life to Jesus, I'm now a disciple of Christ. And that's a, the question is, are you a good disciple or are you not? <laughs> are you good at following the Lord? Okay, are you in his word? Are you in prayer with him? Or are you just being a lazy disciple and ain't doing nothing? Right. So don't take these big words. You break them down into a simplistic forms. Ministry, service, where are you serving? Who are you serving? Yeah. And we all have been called to serve in some way, shape, or form. We are all creating influence in some way, shape, or form. We are all leaders in some way, shape, or form. We're all in the domain of leadership in some way, shape, or form.
right? Yeah. So we got to understand these things. Um, we've been given responsibilities specifically. Your call may not be digital ministry. Your call may not be vocational ministry. I didn't know I was going to be in a church. You know how much they pay people at the church? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so I didn't want to be in the church. God called me to be there. Yeah. So then I'm there. And it's a funny thing because like my pastors asked me when they hired me, they said, how long do you intend on being here? I said, I intend on being here until God says for me to leave. Yes. And they, they said, okay. I said, as cliche as that sounds, I'm going to follow where the Lord tells me to go. And it's also funny. They asked me a question. They said, if we, if we told you to delete all of your social media platforms so that you could focus solely on the youth ministry, would you? I said, I'd need to consult with the Lord on that. And if God revealed to me that I need to delete all of my social media ministries, I would. Mm. And then the follow-up question was, would we do a disservice to you? If we asked you to delete all of your social media or no, would we be doing a disservice to God? If we asked you to delete all of your social media ministries, I said, yes. <laughs> so just don't ask me to do it. <laughs> like that, Cause again, it's like, that's, that's a big ask. And you got, I'm clear on my callings. That's the thing. Yes. They had a big, ask. that's a big ask. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big ask, but I need to be hearing that from, from God. Yes. And then, and then I also, I also have to have confirmation from him because I'm going to follow him. Not that I don't, don't get it wrong. I respect and I honor my church leaders, right? Those who are above me, I'm so grateful for, mm -hmm. but they also have to know I answer to the Lord. And if we're both praying to the same God now, he's not going to give us any form of confusion in any of this, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, this is where like, when you're walking in purpose, when you're walking in calling, when you're filled with the spirit, when you know what you're called to do, nothing can sway you. No one can sway you. Even people that you love. I love everybody. I love the person who asked me the question, are we, if we ask you to delete, I love them. Right. The answer is I'm going to have to hear from God yeah. on that. And that's not a cliche thing. This is a for real thing. Right. Because he asked you to do it in the first place. So wouldn't you talk to him about doing something that is being asked of you from someone who's outside of that call, mm -hmm. of course, because we consult him on all that we do. The last thing I want to talk about is we're in this creator economy. We're seeing a lot go on, a lot mm -hmm. of good stuff, a lot mm -hmm. of bad stuff, things in the church. Mm -hmm. The thing that I always think about when I witness all of these things happening and you pray for things and you have conversations like we do of, you know, how can we change things or make things better? And again, we play, we play a small role in this entire thing. I always think about how is this affecting the youth? How is this affecting the next generation who is seeing all this at the same time, but also they are young in their walk. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine going through all of this when I was young and just trying to make decisions mm -hmm. and consult the Lord and wherever I was at in my walk. And when I was younger, I wasn't really following God. I was a believer, but having that phone and seeing all of these things and opinions and identity and things, how do you think based on you being around the youth, what are you seeing that's good? And what are you seeing that you think is going to ha happen? Kind of like looking at the future of social media, careers, and these conversations that you've had. I'm just curious. Yeah, there's, there's a few things about this specific topic. I think first and foremost, what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to need to happen. Churches are going to have to catch up. Mm -hmm. Churches are behind the eight ball. 
if your church is not utilizing its digital ministry to reach as an evangelistic tool to reach the masses, you behind the eight ball. If you still using your social media to tell people that you got a Wednesday night group or you got a Thursday night potluck coming up, you behind the eight ball, bro. You on AM radio. You're using an iPod one. You're using a, re- a, iPod, a, 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 a iPod. I didn't say iPhone, iPod. Some of y'all don't even know what an iPod is. Some of y'all watching right now don't even know what an iPod is, bro. If you're a church right now and you're not in the digital space, you're behind the eight ball. And another thing, too, because many big churches are just used to doing things how they've been doing things. And they've never asked themselves the question, why are we doing the things that we're doing? And is what we're doing accomplishing what we what we've been called to do mm-hmm. and it's to reach the masses. So what's going to need to happen is churches are going to have to catch up. Churches are going to start have to use their social media platforms as a real ministry. They're going to have to allocate funds into that. They're going to have to have a plan of action for that specific tool for us to utilize. Why? Because that's where the youth are. And so uh, what I'm seeing also is that the youth are really following what they're seeing. So like I said, I have a a student that I'm talking to who's like, man, I want to create Christian content. Mm. He just, he has a video right now that just hit like a million views. Wow. He started freaking out. And I said, sit down, because we're going to have to talk about this, right? Because we're going to have to have a talk about what you're feeling right now, what you're experiencing right now. We're going to have to discern fleshly desire, godly desire, right? So, so there's going to be a whole slew of youth who are going to want to follow what they're seeing. That's the great thing that the gospel is going to be proclaimed. Also, what we have a responsibility, like guys like me and you and the older generation, those who've been in the game, it's up to us now too to also disciple these younger generation of Christian content creators, digital evangelists, so that they recognize, all right, when you get that 1 million view, don't start chasing another 1 million views because that's what you're going to want to do. You're going to, you're on this high of, I got a video that just reached 1 million people. And now you're going to want to keep chasing that. And then everything that comes along with it, because your next video is probably going to hit 200 people. You're going to think that you are the most terrible (laughs) person on the planet. And then you're going to want to stop. Right. So then you got to discern selfish desire, godly desire. Is this a calling or is this a hobby that you're doing? Right. And if it's a calling, let's start talking through this stuff. How do you steward that calling? How do you properly walk in that calling? How do you get filled every day? So I think that there's going to be what's going to need to happen. Churches are going to get on, have to get on board. Yeah. What else is going to happen? I believe that the youth are going to take this to a whole nother level. Mm. Like, like, bro, I'm about to turn 40 this year, dog. (laughs) So by the time I'm 60, I'm certain that all the youth right now are going to be crushing social media, digital media space for Christian content for Jesus in really awesome and cool ways. I'm going to be ancient. They're going to be getting, they're going to be crushing it. And then that's the great thing. What I do also see, again, this is where I think we got to start forecasting, preparing for thinking through. This is why churches have to be on board. Yeah. Churches have to be on board on the aspect of, yes, get your digital ministry on point, but also get your in-person ministry on point so that you can pour into those students who mm. are sharing their faith Wow! to ensure that, because let me tell you real quick, when I started in 2019, 
there were TikTok creators who are making Christian content that I did Zooms with. We did Zooms together. We prayed together. And then guess what? We got people who are were not even solid in their faith. They walked away. I mean, we saw this in biblical times, yeah. but it would be magnified in the digital space. But this is where a, a discipleship is super important. Mm -hmm. We got to teach our students what's going to happen. Yeah. What to prepare for, how to mentally prepare, how to spiritually prepare, how to emotionally prepare. So again, like I, I and 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 it's I say all of those things, and then on the back end, I'm I'm hella excited. That's a Bay Area. I'm going to Bay Area. I'm hella excited for what's about to happen. It's a lot. Don't at me, Christian people, for saying the word hella. Y'all about to I can already tell it's somebody's grandma right now that's about to at Dane because I said the word hell. I'm hella excited. There's a lot of stuff that's about to happen. Dude, you're inspiring me because you are another person I get the opportunity to talk to. And, and we don't look at it as like how you mentioned before. Let me get my next million views. Like, do you know the significance I place on things like that after being doing, after done this for four years? If you think... In any way, shape, or form, all we care about is making videos that go viral every single time we post them. Bro, I would make be making trending videos every single day. I did prayer. I just pray. I just literally do one form of content every day, and God is the one who's blessing it. Like mm -hmm. that—that that is the reason. Mm -hmm. Or I would be dancing and doing all this stuff, or trying everything to be like, notice me, notice me, notice me. You know, but that's beside the point. We think ten years, fifteen years into the future yeah. about where. Like, I want to ask God, too, and we talk about these things. Where is this going, Lord? And you encourage me so much because I think the same thing in regards to you are going to raise up so many young, sold-out believers at a young age. But then at the same time, and I love that you mentioned that because I didn't even think about that, having discipleship programs in place that are offered from their local church to mm -hmm. say, how do you do this in a way that pleases God? And you can work on your heart posture and your desires at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because I think if it's going to be the massive move that it's going to be for this next generation, their church has to be on board. All That's the it. churches have to be on board playing in this field, not just being a communications church, being a church that's reaching and innovating, bringing up, having different people within the church who are playing a role of someone who can make content for the church to spread the word. But then also at the same time, you got these young kids who are picking up their phones and they're watching YouTube videos. They don't have anyone in their life to talk to them about this stuff, yeah. right? Could we jump on a Zoom and do that? those things? Yes, but if they have something local at the church that says, hey, your kids, they're making content. This is getting wild. Yeah. Jesus is being spread at a faster rate than we've ever seen. Yeah. They need a place to go to. Amen. Bro, that is powerful. Yeah. And I never thought about that. I thought of just seeing how many of these young people rise mm -hmm. to do something that glorifies God. And I just really believe in my heart too, man, to be able to have a professional, let's say like, cause people are like, you got to get a job to have a job where you get to talk about Jesus all day is the best job in the world. Like how I'm so fortunate to think that, yeah, I had a great job doing whatever it was in tech and stuff like that, but I get to spend all day with the Lord and talk about the Lord and be with the Lord and talk to others about him. Mm -hmm. That's the best job. And if these kids are sold out for their faith and they get to do, they get to start pursuing that at 16, 17, 18, 19, by the time they're 22, 23, they will be set up to be able to do it. Cause yeah. you know, it takes time to build these things and to get traction and then have the discipleship to say, Hey, we're going to help you craft this to where this can actually be your career. Okay. So you grow up and we see people don't just say, I want to be a YouTube creator. 
I want to be a Christian content creator. I believe that's happening. We just need more time. But in order for those youth to be successful, they need discipleship programs in their local area offered by the church Mm -hmm. who those people who are serving at the church are people like you and me who could be like, we've been in the game for a decade. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're going to go through and how you're going to feel. And we're going to meet every week and we're going to do this group. And you can help bring up and rise up these other young ones. And at the same time, when someone just hits that, hits that million view, gets that comment to go tell them to do something horrible for their life, they have someone that they can come plug into in a community to support them. If that's not in place and available, we will see what we've already seen have, have, have happen at, and when we were all rising on TikTok. Everyone yeah. leaves. Some yeah. of them walk away from their faith, too, at mm-hmm. the same time, and it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a... I had a 70-year-old woman come into the church the other day who said, um, what is your digital strategy for your social media platforms? That was her question. Wow. She asked one of the pastors this. pastor was like, I don't know. Maybe you could go talk to the youth guy. Well, she sent him, uh, he sent her to the right person because I sat her down and she shared the story of, of how her grandson in California was going through depression and suicidal thoughts. And then all of a sudden came across some Christian content, gave his life to Jesus, got baptized now on fire for the Lord through digital ministry. Wow. So there are people who are very well aware. And I'm sure if you're watching this, you're very well aware that there is a reach that's to be had here in digital space. And so we have to have plans. We got to be proactive. We can't be reactive in how we've done this. And I think that's how the church has approached it in the past. But that's for a whole nother conversation. Churches, get your social media game up. I love it. I'd love to end with you just giving you the opportunity, if you're open to it, just to pray for anyone who's still listening, who is in a place right now where they feel called to to step into this in any way, shape, or form, or just step into saying, I'm going to I'm going to move to that next step with you Lord to involve you in all my life so I can figure out and find what that call is. I'd love to give you an opportunity to pray for everyone. Yeah, let's pray. Um Father God, we're so grateful for you. Uh we sit here before you and we humble ourselves in your presence. And I pray for the individual that's watching this right now who is continuously seeking after you. I pray that you would reveal to them their divine calling and purpose that you've placed upon their life specifically for them, that they would take the steps that are necessary to do the work on them mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it looks like, Lord, that you would build their character up, that they would be able to uphold the weight of the ministry that you've given to them specifically. Would you bring clarity? And Father, in this moment, Lord, We acknowledge that you are the one who is capable of doing far more abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask or think to you be the glory, God. And so uh, would, would each and every single person under the sound of my voice be encouraged and may they go into their day knowing that you are with them. Lord, we thank you and we love you. We pray all of these things in the mighty, powerful, and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother, this was so fun. We got to do this more often and talk about these things because there's so much. 1000%. I'm down with it. Awesome.